This is the Rich Eisen Show. Can you tell the Randy Moss story? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Randy, it just hit his fingertips. Probably back at a wide receiver's coach. Moss like, hey, don't you come over here with that F you. Moss like, no F you. Camera's right behind it. I ain't gonna let him punk me on national TV. <laughs> Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Coming up, ESPN broadcaster and host Chris Fowler. Plus your phone calls, latest news, and more and now it's rich ah, yes hour number two of the rich eisen show is on the air here on the roku channel free on all roku devices free on samsung smart tvs and amazon fire tvs free on the roku app because the roku channel is within that app and be- guess what it's free the roku channel.com for those on the internet tubes watching us every single day we love it we say hello to the rich eyes and show terrestrial radio network and sirius and xm and odyssey and our podcast listeners you're very important to us as well whenever you darn well please listening to us we appreciate the subscribe button there as well as our youtube page chris brockman and mike del tufo are right there del tufo is still here despite um you know <laughs> trying, be, you, you have not yet gotten your nomination for speaker of the house but uh I'm working on it i appreciate it keep working on it <laughs> keep working on it like i said we'll we'll, we'll be sad to to lose you uh tj jefferson good to see you over there sir it's for hour number two seen. we got a central pa connection here yes we do rich. i could not be more thrilled it's so great when i have dear friends uh, on the program and uh and this is yet an, another such situation i have known this individual for a quarter century plus, and I'm going to stop talking about him as if he's not looking at me to my right. <laughs> he is the voice of college football and tennis on the worldwide leader in sports. My friend Chris Fowler here in studio. Good to see you, sir. Rich, it's, I'm, I'm dizzy at all the platforms we're talking on right now. I'm not trying to sort that out, but I'm, great to see you. We, we were at your mother-in-law's <laughs> living room a couple weeks ago, and uh, well, here we not are. That's a metaphor and, for anything, by wow, the way. Another we, nice we setting. Literally were. Wow. Uh, yeah, on the upper on the upper west side. How about we're that? in town. Yes, exactly right. Good to see you, sir. Good to Happy see to you. Hear. You bet. Same to you. Um, so, what number um, national championship games is this for you? Coming up on nine. Monday? This is this is the ninth year of the playoff, and and Kirk and I have had the good fortune of calling. Now nine championship games and what is it? Eighteen out of the twenty-seven playoff games and grateful for that every day. None, none quite like this. Though. I will say this is a different feel from the other eight. Why is that? TCU. It's a story we've never seen in college football. I mean, two hundred to one preseason to make the playoff, mm-hmm. which makes them probably a thousand to one to win the championship. And here we are. It's not supposed to happen in this sport. Basketball, okay, right? Get Butler, get Gonzaga before they were. A powerhouse could get in there and play for a championship, but football is supposed to be for only the five or six elite programs that everybody knows who in the playoff every year. And here's TCU with five dudes who had been to any bowl game before this year, not not the playoff, any bowl game. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's the craziest, unlikeliest roster to ever get here, and that makes it interesting. Now they got to take down. You know, big bad bulldogs who walk into the ring wearing the belt from last year. So, I mean, Georgia's a favorite for a reason. I'm not trying to sell or spin the game right. because people know Georgia should win. But I just think that the landscape for this game, it's almost you have to keep reminding yourself it's a championship game and TCU's in it, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I, you're kind of touching on something that we talked about on our show yesterday while you were coming back from Joshua Tree, where we saw on your Instagram feed. <laughs> Um, that uh, that this, I believe, is the beginning of the way we're going to be seeing college football play out forever with the 12-team playoff coming. Uh, and by that, I mean um, not only TCU, 
making it and a team that you didn't think could, now you're going to have more of that pool of teams that you don't think could making a playoff yeah. and potentially going on a run. And then two, the game that you called the Peach Bowl, you know, my alma mater goes into the home of its longstanding rival and curb stomps them. Yep. And they still have a chance to win the national championship anyway and damn near made this game up to the last second. I think that's the way these things are going to go right now, that your your longstanding rival could potentially beat you, and whereas you used to leave them yeah. behind and buried, no longer. You, they can make a playoff and go on a run and win the whole damn yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a big conversation. Ohio State made it because Tennessee got shocked by South Carolina. Right. And because Utah came back with Caleb Williams, hurt his hamstring, and pounded USC. They, those things had to happen to get yes. Ohio State in the bracket. But I think that... When you, when you have an expanded playoff, inclusion is good. Um, more teams involved in the conversation is good. I thought, though, Rich, that you can bring it to eight or 12, whatever. Yes. You're still going to have the same four. So TCU has blown that up. I thought that do what you want. Have a bigger bracket. Teams can call themselves playoff teams. Conferences can stay in play. Fan bases in all parts of the country can be involved. Yes. That's all good. But after you play... The first round of the quarterfinals, you're going to still have the Bamas, Georges, Clemsons, Ohio States, Michigan. You're going to have the same teams battling for the championship because it's just too hard to win multiple playoff games. Now, TCU, you know, Michigan was complicit in their own demise. I think we've probably <laughs> litigated that here plenty, right? That's a great what, what 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 tour that's like sounds like somebody's tour name right it's the complicit in their own demise tour well, you know, Des, I know Des was on the peloton this morning at the hotel gym and he's still pissed off about the call the touchdown I said as which call well, I mean was okay, it the, what, right. the call on the goal line no no the call the, the Michigan call when the guy's butt was in the end oh, zone thought, when he caught the ball but they took off the no, board but, and they fumbled the next play that was the main call you no know, no no, no. The, the the but to buttress your point sir uh, I thought <laughs> oh, you meant, God I'm sorry no sorry, fellas I didn't mean to <laughs> no, 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 no no I thought uh, I thought the call you right. meant was Michigan's call on oh, fourth and two the, the play call the, the Ann Arbor yes. special that came out of nowhere I, you I know tried I don't know what that was to divert Desmond's attention to those calls that the staff made and not the ones the officials made, he wasn't having it. But hey, that's I, I get it. I right. mean, it was it was a disappointing result, obviously for Michigan fans. And, right. and you know, I, I just screening the game back because obviously we were getting ready for our Peach Bowl game, and, and I'm watching it back, you know, in great detail. And there were so many chances after they clawed back in the game, and then you give up a 75 yard touchdown on a crossing route, um, which he pointed out was a pick play. I pointed out the ball was thrown behind the line. So then we get into a whole thing in the God. gym about this. <laughs> With the rule, I, I, was there a third person I, in the gym listening to this open. whole thing? I mean, it's <laughs> a third person in the gym going, "Wait a minute, I have I mean, to get I in between these I two guys who I watch on TV in the, in the morning." No. He's trying to have a, a bike, but no, no. I but I, I know what you're saying. Like again, but TCU deserves yeah, to be there, they do. you know, and and they're first of all, they're a lot better than people think. Okay, they they no have question. a roster, even though that they hadn't been in in bowl games before. He Sonny Dykes comes in and assembles um, a, a great roster of of portal guys keeps guys there who are out the door who said, yeah. wait a minute, we got the Sunny Dykes offense. I can stay and make plays. Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, Tay Barber. They have a receiving core that that is is arguably mm-hmm. as good or better than the one Georgia faced with Ohio State, especially when you took Marvin Harrison out of the equation, and that really did change that game. So they're very capable of, of gashing Georgia's secondary, working the middle of the field where the dogs have been more vulnerable than the edges. And making big plays, if they can't get to Max Duggan, I mean, don't be surprised to see TCU score points. Now, 
can they stop Georgia's physicality and Georgia's weapons on offense is another question. Chris Fowler here on the Rich Eisen Show here in Los Angeles calling the national championship game with Kirk Herbstreet and the rest of the worldwide leader and sports crew here. Um, so did you realize in the moment that as Ruggles was attempting the game-winning field goal, the ball was dropping in Times Square at the very same second? Like. Were you yeah, aware I mean, of that we had we actually had New Year's Rock and Eve, Dick Clark hosted by Ryan Seacrest on our monitor wall because <laughs> we had to constantly promote it, and so we had a little, and you know, we, we became a topic of conversation. Herbsey goes, "Have you actually been to that?" Yeah, I lived in New York for a long time, as you know, and I did once when I was young and dumb actually go to Times Square. I mean, is that right? Just to have an experience. As, Which as New Year's was that? Which New was in the, it was in the late eighties. Late eighties. Yes. In your in your Scholastic Sports America <laughs> yeah, days. Before I was ESPN? busy every other New Year's Eve covering yes. college football. Yes. So, uh, he was just incredulous that I had gone to that. I said, "Well, you know, <laughs> come on, you're young in New York. You, you do it once, right? You do it once, and then you realize, yeah, you, you know, know, why did I do this? The worst New Year's Eve I had in New York." Getting pickpocketed at a club was worse than that. But, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite New Year's Eve either. But you know what it is? You get to New Year's Eve, you cover the Rose Bowl. I mean, you celebrate East Coast New Year's, and yeah. then you kind of tuck it in because right. your wake-up call is 4 o'clock yes. to go out and sit in a frigid Rose Bowl stadium. I don't believe I've uh, – Susie and I, with our three kids, have, have <laughs> seen the midnight. We, we celebrate 9 o'clock. And, yeah. and uh, in, in our house, uh, you know, we were – watching you yeah. and Kirk you. call the game, of course. And Zan, our oldest, is just like, are we going to see the ball drop? And I had to keep back and forth in between plays saying, see, the ball hasn't dropped no, to, yet. To get back to your question, it was incredible because yeah. we were aware. First of all, the game was going really long, right? Yes. It was supposed to be last year's semifinal game when also Michigan was on the different end of the score. Yes. Um, we were in Miami on the tarmac to take off to come out to the Rose Bowl yes. and watching the fireworks from from the plane. So this game ran much longer than that. And and I started to notice, boy, it's almost 23 here. And, yeah. and, and then they told me in my ear, literally, because Kirby Smart froze him with the one timeout, that by the time he kicked it, it was kicked in 22 and landed... <laughs> Yeah. It wasn't in the air very long, but it still spanned into the new year. It was 23 when they were signaling no good. And we're never going to have that again. No, I hope not. Because do you know how many people are probably having arguments in their households about, you know, what, you know, what, what the hell to watch? I My mean, buddy Tariko texted me and says the yeah. first time he had not flipped over and watched the ball drop in his life. And I said, well, I'm glad you stuck with us. I he mean, stuck with it. He's hardcore. Know. <laughs> He's hardcore. If Syracuse was in the game, he definitely wouldn't have switched over. But yeah, I mean, what a game that was, man. Yeah. I mean, what a CJ Stroud, best game he's ever played, right? Would he you plays say? hard. Yeah, but the Rose Bowl out here would have been. Oh, that's but, true. But his two postseason games that he's played, you know, tearing Perfect. up Utah. But this was Georgia. This wasn't Georgia using running backs at corner, which, in, which Utah did a year ago. In the state of Georgia. This was as going well. down to the Bulldogs' backyard and yeah. ripping apart that defense. And the way he did it toughness scrambling doing things he's not known for being physical as a runner tucking it yes and and i think that you felt badly for him because it's his last game at ohio state and i, I get a little soft late in my career I, I really do feel awful for the teams and the individuals you've gotten to know and respect when when they, they come short and their career is suddenly over and you saw a moment of respect between bennett and stroud and you saw the realization almost on cj's face like this is it now, he's going to play on Sundays. Some of the guys you saw in that game will never put the pads on again. And that's the same thing Monday night here. Yeah, that's right. 
They're, 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 it's not just that their college career is over, their football career is over, right? For the vast majority yes. of the guys whose eligibility is gone, that's no, it. No doubt. They'll never feel that. I get actually get goosebumps talking about that because that's what's so powerful about these postseason games, you know, whether it's a semi or a championship game, one team is done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys on that team are done forever, you know? So so it's uh, it's great. Is this their first trip to SoFi? Have you been in the building? I have yet? not been in the building. I'm excited. Amazing. It's amazing. It's Urban loud. Street's giving me a great scouting report. Is that everybody else who's been in there? Right. Says the booth is nice. It's a. I mean, absolutely. Al might have left you something behind or something like I that. I love the stadium, but for those of you, the 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 office is the booth. That's what really matters. Is yeah. there a bathroom? Yes. Is it within the same zip code as the playing surface? Are you not in the clouds? Okay. Do you not need oxygen to, to work up there? And then, you know, all the NFL booths are positioned much differently than many of the college booths. So I get excited to go into. The, Something like this, where the office is spectacular it, and, it is, and the it, stadium looks pretty. So it's amazing. It's really bright and it's loud in there because again, it's a canopy over. It's an outdoor stadium, by the yep, way. I know. And there's a canopy over it, and it gets really loud. It's going to be. It's an incredible spot. This last year's Super Bowl was. A, it was. A, it's a great, big, time spot. But nothing does beat the Rose Bowl that you were at last week too. I mean, what's that like for you to call a game at the Rose Bowl, Chris? What's that like, man? Religious experience. Isn't I mean, I, I mean, I think that that that's one of the shrines for me. Wimbledon Center Court. And the Rose Bowl kind of stand alone. So, so anything that happens you know, on those playing surfaces is elevated because it's the Rose Bowl. And I think that you get the feeling, you've been to those games, you, everyone in there, even when the weather's not perfect, yes. feels like there's no place else on earth I'd rather be than right in this spot right now. Utah fans took it over for the second consecutive year, um, but Penn State fans went away happy. Yeah. And I, I think that um, I, I'm just I'm I'm blessed. I think Kirk and I have called I think seven Rose Bowls. He, he's analyzed more than anybody in history, and and so in, in our 27 years working together, we we've talked a lot about what sort of what the Rose Bowl means to two kids who grew up in the Midwest, where you turn on the TV on New Year's Day and just the quality of light, which is this golden afternoon light and the yeah. warm temperatures, and you know I, I still feel like the the same. I took my shoes off, by the way. I on, saw that. Yeah, I decided to, uh, to do what is called earthing or grounding. So plenty of people in California would know what that is. You, and you Green take, Bay, I guess, too. I mean, you, you, you take your shoes off and you put your feet on, on grass. And it has what is powerful that? effect on you. Seriously, tell me what this is again. You took your it's shoes off. It's called earthing or grounding. And if you walk around on grass, yeah. which I try to do as early every day as I can when we're in Miami. Yes. I don't walk around the pavement on the Upper West Side, but I try to get to Riverside Park or something, and yeah. you take your shoes off and you feel the earth, and it has a, anything primal like that, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, now we're really deviating. People, what the hell are you talking about? No, it, it's, you just came from Joshua it, Tree. You still, feel you, the sun on your face, yeah, yeah. So, and you feel your feet yeah. on the ground, and yes. I thought, why not do it here? The grass was cool and damp, and I, bowl. I I took the shoes off and rolled up the, uh, the the dress pant legs, and I walked around for a while, and I felt great, and so, yeah. I, I did, Kirk's kid took a picture of it, so I posted it. I saw that on your <laughs> yeah. Instagram. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break here. I I, I want to just go down memory lane with sure. you here a little bit. Because, uh, you know, I've known you for, for quite some time. Uh, Chris Fowler is here in Los Angeles to call the national championship game. Do not move. We will be back with more with Chris Fowler here live in the Rich Eisen Show studio in a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You got a call from ESPN to say, come join us for the first time when? When did you get that 1986. call? 1986. Jeez. I was a year out of school working in Denver, uh, doing all the... The cub reporter things at a, at, a, at a great TV station. Very lucky to have an on-air gig out of school. I went to see you, and it was right down the road. I'd interned there. But I had a little tape out floating around, wanting to you know do scores on the weekends at various local stations. Yeah. And Espen somehow got a hold of the tape, and I thought I was going to get a call for SportsCenter. They had, they had a high school show in mind mm-hmm. called Scholastic Sports America, and I, I looked 11 years old. So Look it at was that appropriate. picture. Oh, my God. 11 is being generous. Look, Look at that sweater. That. Where's the sweater? Look at you, Fowler. Wow. wow. Look at that. Dude. Damn you for finding that picture. I, I, uh, that sweater is, is a, that is a catastrophe what I'm wearing there. It's that all was good. the era when, you know, like the Kuji sweaters and the yeah, whole right. kind of, yes. I had a, I had a, you had a whole collection, a, like a steamer trunk full of sweaters that looked like that. that <laughs> so Scholastic Sports America, yeah. I remember you doing that. I, I, no one said it was a good idea to do it, by the way. This is just, not to get off of my life lessons, but sometimes listening to your own inner voice and, and cueing out the static of people who are telling you what you should do, yes, here's sir. the path, is crucial. And nobody said I should go to ESPN because it was this startup thing. It was seven years old. Seven as years you know. old, yeah. yeah. We didn't have the rights to anything really back then. And a high school show was not the pathway into this business for, for a lot of people. So I, I did it because it seemed fun. It seemed like it would be a challenge. And two years later, turned down the opportunity to come out to L.A., for the job they eventually hired Chris Myers for when they, they had no LA presence. So mm-hmm. they're going to put a reporter out here for the first time to cover Lakers, Dodgers, USC. And you turned down the Showtime, Kirk Gibson, Dodge, you know, Lakers Showtime, Kirk Gibson, Dodger. High beat? school show. Again, they, they checked my sanity 
but it just didn't, you know, something said this didn't feel right. Something said, stay in Bristol, okay. not go to L.A. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't see it felt logical. I, 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 I just, hey, it just. Look, it's, it's where you finished. It's how you finished. Whether, whether you, I probably was too young to even meditate back then, but yeah. I figured out that it, then a month later they said, hey, well, how about college football sidelines and be a reporter for this little show called Game Day, which is a half hour long that people were not watching. And that just clicked instantly. So, I mean, none of, we wouldn't be, none of the path I took had I taken um, the conventional choice any point along the way. So so who was the first host of Game Day? Who was hosting? Tim Brando. Tim Brando. Tim Brando. Timmy who's Fox now. Did, did a couple years. Then Bob right. Carpenter hosted it in 89. Um, his wife was giving birth. He left town to be with her, obviously. I was I was pulled up from, from AAA yeah. and put in that host seat. Hadn't done live hosting before. And it wasn't a disaster. So the next year... Um, when when Bob moved on, I, I was I was tabbed to host it with Lee Corso. Look at that! There we go. Oh my God! Look at you and you Lee pointing the camera. Yeah, we did, brother. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. and that that show. People go, how would you? How were you doing game day at that age? Well, no one wanted to do it. Really, I mean, it was it was. But one of the biggest sources of pride I'll ever have is you know is just building something brick by brick. You get a very few chances in life to do that. Correct. And in this business to do that, you you've done it here by sort of starting something. But but game day was was a core group of people, including Lee Corso, of course, who, who were there from the start and, and built it into something. And, and uh, 25 years was a great run. Uh, I don't miss the wake up call, but, but, uh, when, would, but yeah, when, did, when did they, when did you first put that, when did the idea like, let's go to the campuses, let's get that energy. Well, it let's took go a few to the years kids. to convince them to spend the money in, in the regular season, you right. recover bowl games, but 93 Florida state, Notre Dame, one versus two in South Bend in November had everything you could want. Right. Holtz, Bowden, North, South. I mean, it was going to decide which team was going to go on and play for the championship. And we convinced them to, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We are out there using live with mics. We couldn't be heard indoors in South Bend, outside of their basketball arena in the Hall of Fame where all the statues are. Yeah. And we just kind of plopped a set down on the floor and put a rope around it. And, and that was it. And so it, it kind of went okay. And then next year we started going on the road. And that's that's obviously what what catapulted the show was was differentiating from everything else which was the the students and the people behind us were were members of the cast of the show and, and you, you feel the energy sitting yeah. at home you feel the energy and you were such a, a terrific host and conduit for the lack of a better phrase yeah. to 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 give everybody that sense sitting at home of what you were sensing and yeah. feeling at the site and it's intoxicating. It's intoxicating. And kids love it. Well, they were intoxicated behind us. That's true. I mean, I, I, we, we tried to stay sober, but <laughs> some of the signs, oh, too. Yeah. Like, people, I mean, it's, it's now, it's now a, it is now, where's game day going? You know, now it is now part of Absolutely. forevermore. Well, it was organic. The landscape. What was cool is that, you know, when it, when it began and, and, and grew, it was organic. It, it was, it sort of, we, we, Got bigger and bigger crowds. Coaches begin to figure out, hey, this is an infomercial. Yes. Let's put five or 10,000 people behind them and show the world right. what our campus is like when, when a big game is here and, and use that as a recruiting tool. So, you know, motives, whether they're pure or not, it was an organic growth of the show. And I think our job was to differentiate what was different about Texas A&M from Oregon from Florida. You know, we didn't want it to be the same every week, even though there were some common ingredients. There's different cultures. There's different parts totally. of the country. And, and, and the morning of a game isn't the same in Eugene as it is in Gainesville. You know, so you want to sure. sort of capture that. And uh, and then uh, whose idea was it for Corsa to put a, a headgear on? His. 
His idea. He used to be like a baseball head, and then he was at Ohio State. He saw Brutus, Buckeye, and uh, Kirk Herbstreet's wife, Allison, was part of the cheer squad, and she had connections because no one had touched that thing. Like, you know, <laughs> certain, certain things are sacred. Like, you can't touch the mask. The idea that you should take off Brutus's head yes. and put it on a human on TV was shocking. Blasphemy. Shocking. It, it almost yeah. was blasphemy. So it, it, it's like stealing the king's crown, and how do you like me now? But but that we convinced them, Kirk convinced them, Allison convinced them, and, and he did it. And obviously, instant connection. You just know right away that it's TV gold, and every other school wanted in on that. Yeah. So, yeah. So the first ever headgear was the actual headgear of Brutus. It was. And then he put he put on Brutus. The, the most recent pick he's made, I think, was he picked Ohio State to beat Georgia. had the same Brutus head on in, in Atlanta. So I think it's the most picked mascot. I think we've been there a lot, and I think he's picked them a lot. Sure. So. I mean, and it's just, uh, I mean, Rod Woodson tells me a great story of him being recruited into college and how, you know, he was Mr. Indiana, right. Rod. And so I, I asked him, like, you know, you went to Purdue. What about Indiana? Like, did, and he said, Corso recruited. <laughs> did I tell you this story? Did I ever tell you this story? I think, I think Lee told it to me is at it, one point. Okay. So <laughs> is that, is that, is that he's at his house? Corso's coming to visit him. Corso rings the doorbell and sits down in in the living room and says, you know, Rod, um, I just heard on the radio on the way over here that I've been fired, but Indiana is a great place and you should still go there. That was the recruiting pitch to Rod Woodson to go play football for the Indiana Hoosiers. And, you know. That's kind of kind of course I was, but they fired on the radio. That's how he found out. That's what he said. I just heard on the radio, I've been fired. That was the place that gave him a lifetime contract. And then apparently declared him dead. The president had just told him, you're, you're good. And then boom. But you back in good... the day, like Woodson must not have been a, a blue chip guy. Oh, they, they must was. have missed. But, he... but how, how was Michigan and Ohio State not in on he him? He said he went to Michigan and, and he saw Bo, Bo peel the paint off the walls during a halftime speech that they were up in a game. He goes, that's not my game. That's not because for Because Bo and Woody used to give Corso when he was in Indiana a list of guys they didn't want. Like, this guy, he'd be good for you. No, we don't want him. No, these guys, no, <laughs> Come no. on, really? He would give him a list of, here's well, some Indiana guys we have no, so you should go on. Here's the on guys in the kids. Big Ten region yeah. that, that we can't take. And by the way, there was no 85 scholarship limit, so you right. could take a lot of guys That's right. back then. Right. But but rather than, he knew he wasn't going to beat those guys head-to-head in recruiting. So they, they just were doing him a favor by, hey, here's some guys we think are good, but not good enough for us, but they're good for you. Right. So... You recruit him, and then we'll beat you by 40. But, yeah, knock yourself out. Do you have a good favorite Corso story that you can tell people here that go through your mind, of like a good a good. Other Corso? than dropping an F-bomb on the air in Houston when he... <laughs> Did he really? You don't know that story? No, I don't. Oh, it's on YouTube, <laughs> folks. I mean... Do you, you know this story, Chris? You're looking... I mean, no, I, okay. think I think I've seen it. Okay. I mean... What do you do? Well... We had guest pickers. Yes. Houston played SMU. Carl Lewis, ex-Houston great, was yes. the guest picker. SMU was the big underdog. But at that point, Lee liked to fake left, go right. Mm-hmm. So rather than being straightforward, Houston's the obvious pick. Yes. Rather than do that, he had to build up some theater. So SMU's colors are red, white, and blue. And he's going through this whole thing where SMU, America's team, Red, white, and blue. And he was going to point to the cheerleaders and reference them. Point to the Mustang mascot and reference him. And build this whole thing about how could you not love SMU and then go, whoop, cougar head, gotcha. Right. (laughs) But in a moment of live television, he wasn't in sync with the director. (laughs) 
And I don't even know if he believed his BS, period. Yes. So he's trying to build up SMU. The visuals are not matching. And he's getting a little frustrated. And I still don't think I can say what he said because he, one of these platforms is probably no, over the true. air. Yes, and, you need yeah, to so. clean it up. That's correct. So, so he finally just gives up and goes, ah, F it. And grabs, <laughs> grabs the cougar head and puts it on. I've never seen this. You never saw it? No. Oh, you got you to go on YouTube. I got it. I'll show so, you. so what do you do? We'll show you I go right. like this and just go <laughs> forehead on desk. Yeah, 2011. Kirk 2011. literally distances himself by pushing his chair away from the desk and wheeling it as far as he can get from Corso. Carl Lewis is laughing, going, yeah. he's looking at Kirk. Good thing they have seven-second delay. <laughs> and Kirk's going, no. <laughs> No, we don't. It, because, Rich, you know, you, you've been oh in, in live settings where there's a lot of noise. Sure. You know, we have these double earpieces that are that, that completely block out outside noise, and they're super loud. you got to crank it really loud to get over yes. the crowd. So I hear, <laughs> F it, as clear as day. But I'm thinking, like, maybe... <laughs> That wasn't on the air. Maybe it was the speaker. Because it was, by the way, blaring on the speaker. I mean, the entire crowd is going crazy. And, this is the greatest. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Did I hear that? Was it on the air? And then it was pretty obvious. I, I think I hit my box. Did that go out? And there, the room is like either laughing or silent. Yeah. It, yeah, it went out. And so we had to, you know, Lee, Lee had to go out after the show and do an apology written for him. But the first take wasn't quite good enough because he was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, a word got out and, you know. So this is like post-game day, alone on the set. The crowd's cleared out. And we're like, yeah, yeah that, that, that was the producer. That, that, that was good. It was good. But just need you to not smile. Just be, yeah, right, yeah. be a little more serious. Yeah. Act like you mean it. And uh -huh. then you recorded it. And that was it. So. And that yeah, was the, the end of it. The oh Corso F-bomb at Houston. I mean, that story is is one of many. There's so many that were behind the scenes where you learn so much from the guy, from his humanity, his sense of show business and theater, but his commitment to the the sport, his passion for it, mm. commitment to players. He was the ex-coach that I work with. So you know, you've known many, and you, you, you get from them what it meant to them to have an impact on young people's lives, right? It sounds corny. You think they don't care. It's about the money and the fame and the ego. I promise you, for coaches, it's about contributing to these guys' lives, whether it's the high school level, college, NFL, even yes. you know, NFL less maybe because they're grown men and they're millionaires. But, I mean, Corso really bought in and believed all that stuff and still does. And so learning from him, the commitment that he made and what it meant to him to leave, is, in his words, a piece of himself mm -hmm. and every guy who played for him was powerful. And so... I mean, there's so many lessons. Chris Fowler here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show um, here in Los Angeles calling the national championship game on Monday night. Uh, I'll share this. I don't know if I've told you this, uh, but I'll share it on live, you know, wherever we, uh -oh. wherever we are. No, seriously. <laughs> so, so being at ESPN in 96 and then getting to meet a whole bunch of people and still be able to call them friends, it is truly something that I, I cherish that, I, that you and I are, are friends and, and, you know, our wives are friends and we're all, we're all you know, hanging out. Uh, but I learned a lot about this business from from a, a handful of people, and you're one of them. Um, you know, for instance, um, just watching Dan and Keith, I picked up so much from them. Picked up uh, from Tariko doing sports centers with him that you don't have to 
you don't have to, when you're doing a highlight, describe everything. You can just talk over them and tell a story. I learned that from him. And one of the things I learned from watching you, and you may have even given me this tip, I don't, you know, if memories kind of fade, if something you just mentioned this is what sparked it, is you don't, when you're surrounded by screaming people and it's loud, you don't have to scream too. You just stay even keel and present your way in a very understated way. And you could, you could talk. I think you even told me this. You'd say, hey, you're, the microphone's right in front of you. Just talk into <laughs> did it. Did I say that? You did. You did. Because, you know, and, 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 and anytime I'm in Super Bowls and it's crazy and it's screaming, I will just, and, or on Thursday Night Football, I would just continue to just talk like this. And you can be heard. And I learned that then from thank you. your audio guy. No, I feel like sometimes we're screaming over the that. crowd in these games we do Saturday. No, and people I say, hey, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. The crowd's too loud. Well, but I mean, Mike Del Tufo's the. You, I you'll did take it many times for that. at Rich, and that, that but, no joke, you do well like that. But I, but I, I, learned, I learned that from Chris. I learned that from you. And Chris, you I guys really do it amazing. Well, I think what's awesome. interesting, when you do football like, and tennis, you know, they're, they're so different. Yes. I mean, because you, you feel like you're Augusta 18th Green. Wimbledon yes. Center Court has a glass wall because the court's right there. So you can't be open air. Yes. The open U.S. Open is open air, and you're with the people, and you can be as loud as you want. Yes, but but you don't want to be because the sports are so different. And I yeah. think college football, you know, and I've learned from from people like Al Michaels, you know, your your great friend who who was um, a mentor to me long distance. But you know, you have to pick your spots in football, even in college football, which is different than the NFL. It's different. It's it's announced differently. It's consumed differently. Um, but you can't yell for these games are four hours. You yeah, can't no. scream every time the chains are moved, right? So you have in to the first quarter spots. when yeah. it's when you know when it, you have to be you have to modulate yes. so that when a game winning touchdown, a walk off touchdown to win a championship is scored, when you get a moment like that, yes. it would be nice Monday. I'm not counting on it. I but, hear you. you know, hey, then you, you then you lose your stuff, but you can't do it for four hours. And so I but tennis is is very different. You know, you, you'd be like an idiot screaming, you know, <laughs> unless it's called for. And then just being able to sort of feel that. So I'm happy that you learned something. Oh, I know you I did. To learn I, did. From me, but. I did. And then, of course, striking up a friendship. So here's a story I want you to tell here, because I was not there. Susie and I, on our wedding day, um, took pictures right afterwards. So we, we, it's one of the things we lament is we missed the cocktail hour of our <laughs> wedding. I need you to tell the story of Dan Patrick getting um, a little bit impatient about about the service at the bar <laughs> that you were there, right? I don't remember what he said, but Dan okay. was, was what, generally what? impatient about things like that. But, but what happened again? Do you recall what um, happened on that night? I remember sitting at the same table right. as Dan, and I, I, I think he was, you know confused about why things were taking so long um we were at this beautiful i mean it was a beautiful setting the boat house at central park which i think wonderful. they're closing down tragically yeah, but, i know that we're, we're so upset about that it was it was a very lovely event um a very civilized event but did I he get behind the bar did he start serving I, I, I the drinks himself he may have slipped behind the bar and taken matters into his own hand which doesn't usually go over well with most bartenders <laughs> even if you're like tv's dan patrick you know I think he, things were not unfolding for him <laughs> Did it the get way a little, he wanted. Okay. I, I don't know if they wrestled him to the ground. I, I know that he wasn't escorted out before dinner because he was That's sitting true. next he to me. He was there. You were at the table. I, and so There was, was sort of a Greek chorus going on, I think, in a lot of weddings. I think, you know, Dan, Dan was quick with the quip. He was? 
Uh, always was. Always. And I heard again that 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 um, that he got behind the bar because the drinks weren't coming fast enough, and that he started. You know that he dispensed with the. You know. You know how the these weddings always have like that that silver little yes. cup that to just measure the sh- the shot the the actual usage of the hard alcohol that he dispensed <laughs> with that too. Like this. Was- he didn't serve me. I I I I, I mean. I'm not surprised okay. that that, that they right. got bothered by that, but if you, you're given the setting, we've all. I shouldn't say we've all. Okay, I've jumped behind the bar before. Have you not jumped I've, behind the bar? I've 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 jumped behind the bar. Chris <laughs> and I have seen Jim Kelly jump behind the bar I mean, at, a, at Hall of Fame. You do get certain privileges. I have jumped behind the bar of my friend's bar of other bars. I mean, um, in college towns, but usually they they've have invited you. me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've not. Just, just taking. I've not, I've not stepped into a bunch of people wearing fancy clothes in Central Park, and and elbowed the bartender out of the way to pour drinks. That, that would be uncharted territory. Oh my gosh! So, are you, uh, you're heading to the Australian Open? When, when's that start for you? In like a couple weeks? Uh, I'm not heading to the Australian Open. Oh, you're not. No, we're doing it from the home office. Oh, okay. In the third shift for again. Okay. Um. So then, not so ideal, then, but so the college. The, I mean, the college season then. Bleeds obviously into tennis. Yes, then you get see it. Then the French. yeah, the Aussie Open starts the week after. Okay, um, and then and then there's some downtime, and then okay, and then, so. win, then Wimbledon. Wimbledon feels like a long time off, but yeah, there'll be some. Is downtime. Serena done? What do you think? Didn't she? I do think so. Yeah, you do think so. I think I think at the, this point, you know, it's it's one of those transition times when those of us that have covered tennis since they were young players, Serena and Federer, you know, finally, you know, north of 40, 41. Right. Um, I think they got to look at what was going on in the sport at the at the next gen level i mean mm-hmm. I, roger you couldn't watch us open and not go oh wow carlos alcaraz has arrived and wow. he's 19 and yannick center not even to mention like medvedev and and zverev and, and there's a roster of guys sort of this generation who sort of like were were reinventing themselves and i would say elevating the game well alcaraz and Ro- roger goes oh yeah no I mean, doubles with Rafa at the Labor Cup as a swan song was emotional, perfect, but he's covering like half the court. To get out there, I think no one wants to see a great champion be unable to do it and have that be the lasting memory. But, I mean, one of the great U.S. Open moments ever was watching Connors in his late stages do what he was doing, and there were shades of that um, significantly with with Serena this past year was just un- be that, that's a believable. good parallel. I mean, Connors was 39, but he also got stopped in the quarters, right? right. He won some matches, Correct. but when, when reality hit in the form of Jim Courier, our, our buddy, it hit real hard. Yes. But it was a magical run. I mean, Serena, I don't think she wants to stick around and play to make the quarters around a 16, but it was, it was an amazing event by her. It, 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 Put the place on fire when when she came and made that final push, and I think it was it was powerful. So that's unbelievable, unbelievable, and you're great at it. And I can't wait to you. watch you. And well, I'll, I'll be at the game, so I'll, I'll miss your call. I'm bringing Coop on Monday. That's night. awesome. I'll be at the, the game. fact that we can be friends, and it means as much to me as it does to you. And and you you're now you know bringing your three kids around to games, and I can remember like pre kids, you know. I know. <laughs> I remember the you know Xander's very early years, and Cooper obviously. I know. Uh, so that it, it's cool that you can have that that kind of moment at the game. I, and nice. I, absolutely. I mean, as we just established, you and Jen were at, uh, were at the wedding. Um, Linda Cohn was at the table. Tariko was at the, <laughs> at the table. Stuart was at the table. Mm. Uh, and Dan. How many lifetimes ago does that feel like, you know? Oh, I mean, it's 20 years coming up. 
20 years. Uh, thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Appreciate it. Last. Thank you. Absolutely. Everybody. Oh, and your pod? Are you you're doing we're your pod? We're still doing the, the Fowler Who You Got podcast. is in a hiatus. Okay. But we're bringing back season six. Season six? Yeah, it was fun. We had, we had, we had Johnny Mack on, and we, we, we talk about things that are outside of the normal there it realm. There right there. And okay. uh, we had... Um, had the, the lethal shooter who basketball fans will know who that guy is. He's the shooting coach to the, the stars and, mm-hmm. and he, he's going to work with me on my shot. But he, he was, we have, we have all kinds of people that I, that I enjoy knowing. And James clear who wrote uh, atomic habits, the global bestseller is the current guest on right now. Jennifer's so, producing it. With she you, is right? co-producing it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. We're all podcasts required. I look forward to season Thanks, six. Man. Season man. six. Yeah. And then national championship game number nine. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Chris Fowler, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody uh, follow this man on Instagram. Some very No, I'm serious. You have some very deep. Um, no, you, Chris, you do. You do. You give, you, you give yourself, man. And, you're, and, and then we also never know when you're going to be seen uh, without your shoes. It's on, a combination uh, on of self-indulgence and self-expression, which Look I think is grounding. what social media is. I don't know. If we, go, we don't go for deep, but. There it is. Namaste, Rich. There Namaste. You are grounding. There you are grounding. We got to have you sign those seats. Chris Fowler, thank you, sir. Good to see you. My pleasure. Hour number three, what's more likely? My top five, your phone calls, and so much more. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least. The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I thought I knew everything about Chris Fowler. You know, I've known him for a while. I did not know he told ESPN, I'll stick around in Bristol on Scholastic Sports America rather than take a job in Los Angeles covering L.A. sports when there was, you know, the Dodgers and Tommy Lasorda and Kirk Gibson and the Lakers and Showtime and Pat Riley. 
Yeah, that's that's like nuts. what? I think not a lot of people would have done what Chris did. I know, and so Chris Myers got the gig. So if Fowler had oh. taken the gig, is it possible that I'd be friends with Chris Myers and Fowler would be the one who blocks me on Twitter today? Is it possible that that would be it? Like wow. this whole thing that switches? <laughs> You're here and I'm You're here. I'm here at your house. Uh, could have been. Who knew? Like wow. the, the, the sliding doors of the Chris's just could have been. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, Chris Myers going to work out at Gold's Gym. That's where he's going right now, yeah. right? Yeah. The famous Gold's Here he goes. <laughs> I mean, that's great. How about Pumping when I came, I came out from the backside, never met Chris before, and I yeah. I don't see his Instagram. I come out and I was like, uh, "You guys know Fowler is Jack, by the way." Oh, yes. you guys are like, "Yeah, shredded." Yeah. I, you didn't know? I was like, "I had no idea." Diesel. I'm not gonna say how old he is, but he just he said it, didn't he? He did not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, at any rate, it's one of my favorites. Impressive. And uh, and, his, and his wife as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, the owners have approved the playoff scenarios and the the seedings and the, all that business and did it surprise it. you that uh it only got 25 votes and a bunch of owners abstained no it doesn't because i'm sure a lot of these owners are like you know understand that if they vote no it doesn't it's a it's it's a bad look but you know that that the fact that the do we know who abstained we don't okay yeah you don't. know that again the fact that they're not going on just winning percentage alone when it comes to the AFC North, right? That the the Ravens, if the Ravens beat the Bengals, then it goes to a coin flip. And the Bengals are probably like, well, look, you I mean, just go straight up on winning percentage. That's the way it goes in the rule book under circumstances where not all the games are played. But I think the rule book also says that the commissioner in emergency circumstances has the right to do what... He sees fit, and he just did it. And it's uh, Roger Goodell is the one who chooses the the uh, the site of an AFC Championship game if it must be neutral. Mike, do you have a? a can your boat handle it? <laughs> you know, if we have it, if we have it at the at the condo in Redondo, can you uh, can you handle it? The game. Yeah. And the and the cross. We can go to Redondo Union High School. Beautiful field right oh. down the street from me. Boom. I was calling for Indy. Sam Farmer pointed out uh, that there is a national volleyball tournament there that weekend, so Indy is out. Oh, bro. Indy's, they, I mean, the combine. Let yeah, me tell you about Indianapolis. Yeah, crazy. Indianapolis Never has stopped. events Never all the time. Yeah. All the time. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. First combine I ever covered, uh, at the same time, there was a convention, I think, of like, um, plumbing Portage. and sewage. Portage. Oh. Portage. They were like so. So the old RCA dome was directly connected, literally connected to the convention center. Yeah. To the point where you would walk down a hallway, and they would have the setup for the NFL scouting combine, where you checked in. There was security, and then you walked down the hallway. And at the end of the hallway were the revolving doors to get yeah. into the RCA dome, which is one of those things like the carrier dome. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what her, like pressurized, pressurized yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. the roof open. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So you would always walk through the, the revolving doors and whoosh, like the air would hit you in the yeah. face. 
Okay, and just watching, you know, like Al Davis get the air hit him in the face was really weird. <laughs> but one year, so 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 outside of the combine would be just the convention hallway where the convention of the day was taking place. One year we would pa- walk past like sump pumps oh, and porta pump, like the Porter latest Johns. in Porta John yeah. uh, technology. <laughs> you know, there's there's Gil Brandt walking by the porta potty with with, uh, with uh, Bill Parcells, and then another year it was like. Uh, you know, like a, a, a cheerleading, a cheerleading convention. convention. There was, a, I remember the cheerleading yeah. convention. I remember that. And it was year. really weird. Like there was all these, <laughs> I I'll, shouldn't, but it's a true, like these John Benet Ramsey looking type girls, like walking around and there's a combine. It's wow. weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's really yeah, weird. It's weird. So I'm not surprised. What is it? A volleyball convention or a no, no, a national tournament. Oh, oh yeah. Take Indy out of the mix. Yeah, Indy's out. Oof. Yeah, I remember those combine days. Yeah, that's when I first came up with the idea of running. I remember that. Two thousand five, bored out of my skull, waiting for NFL total access. Terrell Davis sitting next to me, and I say to him, um, "How fast do you think I can run the forty? And he laughed at me. I cursed him out, sort of like Lee Corso, but well, I wasn't first, on camera. By the way, your first time was six seven seven. Not good. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, so I was wearing lace up dress shoes. And I had never run in a straight line like that before. I never run a 40. Oh, I forget what year I got hurt. But I got hurt, and I'm like, like, I ran it a third time, and I got hurt. And I remember saying, well, I guess we're not airing it. And Mayock goes, why? And I'm like, what do you mean, why? I didn't finish it. He goes, what do you care? And I'm like, what do you mean, what do I care? I didn't finish it. I I blew out my hamstring. He goes, actually, actually, he goes, it shows that you're human. It shows that you're human, and so you should air that. Just show that you're human, Rich. And I'm like, oh, okay, then we'll air it. And as soon as it airs, Mayock starts making fun of me exactly. on the air. Go, oh, there's a sniper in the dome. Took you out. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, wait a minute. You told me to air it to show my humanity, and now you're clowning you're making me. making fun of me. The hell's your problem? Oh. One of the many times I looked at Mayock and said to him, what's your malfunction, malfunction bro? This year's year 19, by the way. That's unbelievable. Really? Oh, gosh. Wow. It's a lot of running or combining. Which one is that? Same thing for some. All right. (laughs) We'll take a break. What is more likely to happen this weekend? And I got my top five wildcard matchups I want to see.